Today's Braised Bits is brought to you by Obi Toppin's Pizza Toppin's. What's stopping Obi Toppin? Not much these days unless you're stopping to get a plain pizza poppin'. In that case, you're going to need some Obi Toppin's Pizza Toppin's. Are you a fan of New York Nick rookie Obi Toppin and find yourself needing some pepperoni, pineapple, or sausage, mushroom poppin's? You're going to need some Obi Toppin's Pizza Toppin's. Use code OB1Kenobi and you'll get 15% off your first order of toppin's. We got some Braised Bits. We got some Braised Bits. They're coming in hot, so ready or not for Braised Bits. Mmm, Bits. To top that all off, the Knicks are the best team in the NBA. Made the best draft pick, Lance. Obi Toppin, and this guy has first ad deal with Braised Bits. He's selling his pizza toppings. He you know, order a plain pizza by accident and you need pizza toppings, you call up Obi Toppin's pizza toppings. I actually I think I'm going to order a pizza tonight. So I don't know. Yeah, is, is that insider trading if I if I get Obi Toppin's pizza toppings? It's it's all fair game. The pizza stock market is uh, it's a, it's a it's a fluid market. You can get insider trading anytime you want. Yeah. I don't really want fluids in the market, but that's fine. I do know another market. There's we there's a publicly traded comedian I heard about. Mm. I heard about this as well. The first mm. ever publicly traded comedian. He is I'm a, buying low. I, I'm buying low. I'm going to sell high. <laughs> and he's here with us today yeah. for a, a promotion spot to promote a great Listen, thing. I'm well, here to promote <laughs> Obi Toppins Pizza Toppins. We, uh, we, we have to introduce you, Brett. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Welcoming... To the kitchen again for a return is Brett Rabel of Brazerbacks. Dude. Welcome back to the kitchen, B Brett. Guys, it's great to be here. I'm ready to get my sizzle on. I'm ready to cook with the the in the pod kitchen. I wanted to add uh, my favorite celebrity based pizza topping has got to be Janice Joplin's. Pizza <laughs> oh, oh. Wow. That's a, a rivalry. That's yeah, that's real strong. A, it's going to get pretty tense between the two of them as they compete for market share. My personal favorite is Brian Coppin's Pizza Toppings. Wow. From, yeah. from, Cop of a comic? Yeah, Coppin with comic. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You got to hit up. Have you hit up uh, Brian Coppin to promote the special, Brett? I haven't. I'll. Uh, it's on my list of people to hit up. Uh, You've been making Brian. the junket. You've been doing the, the press run. Yes. Listen, this is part of my press junket. I'm on. I'm on braised bits. This is like my biggest media appearance, so I'm pretty excited. Yeah, Brett Raybould is here because Brett just released an excellent hour special. It's on YouTube. You could watch it if you subscribe to Brett. Brett Raybould, right? That's just yeah. The channel. Just type in Brett Raybould. Brett Raybould retires from comedy is the name of the special. It's a special where I retired at the end of it. If you want to know why I retired, well, that is a linchpin bit of the special. No spoilers, baby. It's the only stand-up special with a spoiler alert. You ready? A spoiler alert, a wardrobe change, a retirement announcement, and Michael Buble. That doesn't make you tune in. I don't know what will. special. Yeah. Carmen linchpin. You got you to gotta pop that champagne and make it Buble. Yeah. Brian Poppins, Poppins, Champagne <laughs> Poppins. What is his name? Obi Toppins? Obi What's Toppins, the... Pizza Toppins. Obi Toppins, Poppins, Champagne. Exactly. Goppins. In Gotham. I watched this special. I was not in... there in person. Lance, were you there in person? I was there in person. I actually got like the last. Brett also sold out Stand Up New York. There's, there's more people in that club than there has been in 25 years. And... Hot crowd. 
it was it was a great show it was really well done i mean i've seen you know i saw the special i had the privilege of seeing the special and the you know, honor the red the red carpet in in binghamton and uh, <laughs> you know all these different motels all across the northeast uh, you know, lance witnessed it live man i and was i was actually in the car for the the closer that's true yeah. we talked about it when you made yeah. it when you developed it came up with the it's idea a, it, yeah well yeah. It, it, it's a story it's a true story and it, it was uh, uh you're in that car yeah yeah we don't want to spoil it because yeah. people car. need to have their interest piqued um <laughs> <laughs> giving a little peek behind the uh the comedy caravan you're you're you're, you're zooming yeah brett it's a really good special I uh, I think it's better than you know you you see you on Netflix you watch specials some of them are are genuinely obviously very good uh, but I think it's up there with the, with the options of watching comedy that's and, uh, yeah that's only way Lance only gives genuine compliments and that's a very <laughs> measured but very <laughs> nice compliment it really is because you're saying it's it's up there with what you can do with your time comedy wise. I would rather watch. I mean, yours. It's great. Like, and it's. I think it's better than a lot of things that have gotten very significant monetary deals. That's. I agree. And yeah, I think uh, this is coming from the guy who sells cum rags. This is true. I I sell cum rags at thecumrags.com. I'm just you know, I'm just plugging and chugging, aren't I? Multifaceted entrepreneur we got here. I am a multifaceted entrepreneur. I actually think my job title should be boondoggler because I come up yeah. with a lot of boondoggles. You know what a boondoggle is, Jesse Eigner? I do know what a boondoggle is. It's a scam. Right. You're an absolute scammer. Whoa, 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 whoa. Not I'm a just, scam. I'm just being it's, serious. It's a, it's a business. It's a proposition that has no actual value, but you still pursue anyway. That is like the literal Google definition. Really? Yeah, so Aaron my entire comedy career. Aaron yeah. Boondoggle. Yeah. Uh oh. Who's yeah. wait? Uh oh. That's the first one I missed. <laughs> just, Except for just the New York Yankees. It's a, he's the manager of a, the biggest Boondoggle out there. Is he his Aaron name? Boondoggle. Aaron Boondoggle. Just Aaron yeah. Boone. He added it. Well, yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing: when you're doing the when you were doing the Obi Toppins pizza toppings, as you're doing it. It took me probably 18 seconds to go, oh, this, is a man. this isn't a real guy. Or, you, no, I, it's not whoa. a real sponsorship. Whoa, what are you talking about? Uh-oh, oh, oh, shit. Saying that our, our leading premier sponsor is a boondoggle? You're saying our, our A-slot sponsor is, is fraudulent? Jesus. I'm not get out of town. Wow. I just lost I just lost uh plug privileges, didn't I? You know what? Don't watch Brett's special. Watch <laughs> Brett. That's Poppycock. Yeah. That's Poppycock. <laughs> and Brett has the best I don't want to spoil too much, but you have the best use of Poppycock in any bit that I've I've, I've ever heard. Wow. I'm, it's I'm not a word poppycock. that comes up in stand up. I know. It's great usage. You really slipped in there. And you didn't I- really like you didn't go back to it. You just put it in there and you kept it moving. Right? You know what? You know what? Um, I'm going to propose this might not be possible, but we could play, I don't know, like a minute of your special, Brett, if you have like a file to send us, uh, if that's possible. If it's not, then we, we don't have to do it. It's all right. People can they'll go to YouTube and check it out. Great. If they like. And Sorry. if they don't, no, no, that's a very thoughtful idea. How about this? How about I become the second sponsor of the Braze Bits Kitchen. I'll, I'll uh, give you guys a little coinage if you uh, do an ad read for me next week. Oh, absolutely. We're, we're, we're taking ads. 
Talk to the ad team. Talk to the sales team. What do you I'll, think? I'll, I'll write up an ad. I'll, I'll write up an ad, and then you're gonna have to read it on air. We'll talk to Eric Seidel, our sales team. We got to negotiate right. some prices here. <laughs> so Seidel is your. So put me in touch with him, and uh, we'll see what rate we can get. Uh, you know, use promo code. Uh, what should be the promo code? Eigner's Army. <laughs> That's cool, man. I love the army. Lance We're always jealous. strapped. No, it's I, I see what we're doing. Mm. How about <laughs> Parker's Patrol? No, we're we're Agner's Army. We already decided. Agner's Army, Parker's Patrol. We need to call that the name. Of, you know, every podcast says like this is the name of our fans or our community. Do yeah. you like Agner's Army, even though it excludes you? We have the Brazerbacks. Mm. <laughs> Petition to change all around the world. So you, I'm petitioning to change to Agner's Army. So Brett, we're gonna uh, we're gonna answer a question with you. We have Razorback send in questions, and this was sent in by one of our top Razorbacks, Mister October. And this is a great question for everybody. Yeah. After we answer this question, Brett, we're kicking you off. Um, the question it's for the chef. Army thing, you got to him. <laughs> you really needled him. Yeah, we're taking Eigner's army, and we're uh, eighty six and <laughs> you out of the pod. Question. So this is a question for Mister October. Question for the chefs. Yeah. I feel like it's well established that baking requires close adherence to the recipe, exact measurements, exact ingredients, etc. However, cooking and cooking bits is up to the chef's interpretation. The recipe is arguably more of a guideline, but there are boundaries that one must not cross. Can deviation from the recipe go too far? When cooking for more than yourself, do you have to be mindful of others, or should you only make it to your own individual taste? Chef's interpretation. Jesse, you want to take this first? It's a layered question. Shout out to Mr. October. That's why he's one of the top Razorbacks. The question's got layers to it. It's got a complex flavor profile. I've thought about it. I feel like at first, you look at a recipe as kind of the bare bones. But when I'm cooking, Mm. cooking up bits or when I'm cooking up a dish in the kitchen, I'm going in there. I'm not strict with my measurements. I'm throwing, I'm kind of lenient. And then I dial it back, do some test tasting, maybe try a bit at an open mic have someone have a slurp of my soup, get some mm. feedback, then I start condensing, I start trimming the fat, I start measuring, adding a little bit of this spice, taking out some yeah. of that spice, adding a punchline, adding some uh, hilarity highway to it. I feel like I'm only good at first when it's, it's loose and goose, Tony Saragusa. If I have measurements up top, I'm not, I'm not gonna be uh, my natural self. That's my take. I, I couldn't agree more. I think I think when you're preparing a bit, when you're dicing the jokes and you're slicing the yolks, I think it's like really important to be considerate of allergies that the my audience might have. Do you know what I mean? You always want to be considerate of an audience's allergies because you don't want someone having an allergic reaction being triggered sure. by your 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 comedy preparation. Absolutely. Lance? That's a that's a great take. Yeah. I love the yoke part of it. Mm. Yoko Ono. My my thing ono. my thing is that you have to follow Anton Ono. Oh no, because my <laughs> response is next. <laughs> I think that. Oh yeah, Kool Aid Man. Sorry. <laughs> you have to cook. Hello, Kool J. Okay. If you're not cooking. If you're cooking something because you think someone else might like it, you've already lost. You've lost the yeah. joy of wow. cooking. Wow. You've lost the joy of cooking. 
which is my, uh, I'm holding it up, a book called The Joy of Cooking that I'm using to hold up my laptop because I hurt my back. And <laughs> if you're not, if, if, if you're not cooking something that you're proud of, that you're excited to share, then you've already lost. With that exactly. said, if you're cooking for only you and you're not having the, the audience in mind, the people you're serving your bits to, you've yeah. also lost. You have to get that happy medium of exactly serving, right. but also you have to be proud of what you're serving. If you're just, you know, cooking well done steaks that you don't believe in, everyone loses. I think you need to learn how to cook for one and then figure out how to cater that for all. Like, like love that a lot. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You, you got to learn how to love yourself before you can share that love with others. Oh, man. Wow. I'm going to start crying. Don't get me crying wow. in the kitchen. Wow, you got to do that. what's best for yourself. And then, because then that, that radiates through the bit, through the food. You want to yeah. share that because you love it so much. And it comes through the, the, the passion of the Christ. Like the smoky tenderness of a well-cooked bit is unmistakable. Yeah. True. True. But, but then there's that other, that other limit, right? If you like spice, but you're putting ghost peppers, and you know that the audience, it's like not respectful to the audience, then wh what are you doing? What are you no. doing? What are you doing? What's I come in, though? I knock on the door. 20 years ago, I say, come on in. This is great. We're family. Now they knock on the door. I say, I'm hiding behind the couch. Tim Couch, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Flavor Browns. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. If you're not doing it for yourself first, but I feel like once in a while, you got to take care of yourself. And sometimes people don't always like stuff. Like, I, I have plenty of bits. Some might say all my bits that are just for me. If not, not everyone gets them. But some, more and more, the longer you do it, you understand what people like to get feedback. Yeah, do some, some cook for yourself first. I couldn't agree more. But, you know, at the same time, comedy isn't just about following the recipe, like you say. Like, in certain rooms, you need to form fit the recipe. Maybe this crowd wants a little more olive oil. This crowd likes your saffron foam. This isn't it crowd... the best when you, when you get a crowd that you didn't think would like you, and then, like, you just commit to whatever you're doing and they oh it doesn't doesn't always happen i've had plenty of experience there are crowds where i'm looking at them like these guys want a raspberry wine reduction and right you know all i all i have is like a a, a tart cake exactly and i'm nervous but i i end up giving them the tart cake and they like it yeah it is different though like you know i started doing before the shutdown i started doing a lot more shows in brooklyn than i had been and i had to start learning how to cook gluten free right, right. So. it's not easy yeah it ain't easy take it easy all right this was a great this was great hold on gentlemen before you kick me off i don't want to go just yet am i allowed to ask questions or present topics of conversation please if if not lance just just uh, give me a thumbs up. I might just shut you off. That's fine. Shut me <laughs> off when I get boring. All right. I would love to talk about Jesse Eigner is the preeminent NBA talent scout I on social this. media. I for real actually learn a lot at what Jesse says. You got Everyone knows about Jesse's TikTok. I assume Paul is this cast. And if they don't, they're doing a disservice to themselves. And frankly, go F yourself if you don't know about it. Jesse, what makes it so funny to me is your MBA credentials. You're clearly the guy who like watches and knows shit, but you're like, 
Yeah, but that's, I was a ball boy. That's the whole bit. Because it's I was awesome. a ball boy for one season, I am now an expert. I was on the court. Half these guys in, in sports media, they're schlubs that watch them from their TVs. I was Press on the box, court. Yeah. I was passing Which, balls, rebounding, folding towels. I'm the I'm a, the CEO of NBA Ball Boys. Whose number did you get? Phone numbers? Yeah. You name them. I got them. Jason Kidd. 201-321-4445. Jesse had, Jesse had skin in the game. Unlike these media hacks who are, you know, eating cheese fries. Yeah, you sweat with them. Oh, I did sweat. And you sweat broke bread with them. Yeah, 100%. I, I, I give a behind-the-scenes look to my followers of kind of what the... I think a lot of young kids want to be... Their dream is to be a ball boy. It was my dream. I lived it out for him, and now I get to share my experience. And just because I was on the court, I know more than most people know about the sport. I mean, if you look at my build, my natural talent, you would assume I'm an athlete. But then I start talking, and it just it takes it to another level. Yeah, a lot of times when people, you know, they have their career, and then they go into media after, you say, well, this person, you know, just because they played the game doesn't mean that they're going to be able to convey it. Exactly. That's what I thought with you at first. I said... Right. I don't know if this guy is cut out for this, but then you started talking and you started talking some more and you're, then you're really ticking exactly. and talking. Exactly. Oh, wow. Lance had already preambled the talk pun. You preambled the pun. Do. This is what happens when you're in pristine pod shape. That is clearly you have been, you've been hitting the weights, man. Damn. That was impressive. Prime time pod shape. I Speaking went, you pod. see, I followed that. Go ahead. Yeah. Speaking of pod shape, just wanted to say to hit the ball back in your court, Brett. One of our top Razorbacks, Phil Jackson. He's the runs the triangle offense. He's a Zen master. His yeah. first ever episode of listening to Braze Bits was your episode, and he loved it. It's how he fell in love with the pod. He loved how you 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 got into pod shape. And I would say that you're probably one of our I would say our top guests. Wow, you're the one guest that competed to get into pod shape it makes sense that pj and i like pj liked my stuff because i think like you said we're both zen we're very buddhist and we have a you know just a very relaxed assured approach to the game of exactly podcasting zen and you know i do it for the fans ultimately um because this wouldn't be possible without the fans what do you call your fans the bold fans the bold uh, actually i call my fans shareholders now that i'm a publicly <laughs> traded comedian i got a brettrade.com launch an account invest in my comedy career shares are going for 50 cents a share we issued a hundred thousand shares that puts my market cap at fifty thousand dollars that's a steal i'm gonna grow from here uh our stock ticker is uh is enron um that's right enron n-r-o-n uh if anyone asks why i developed the platform with my buddy ron and he's just a super good guy <laughs> i absolutely love it from retiring in comedy to now selling you your comedy career what what's better than that what a turn there's nothing yeah the only thing better than that is this podcast wow well you don't need to flatter us like that well i was no, getting to plug I, 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 wanted, I wanted to plug your cast on the cast it's a good idea just in case anyone was about to duck out, they're like, oh, it's plugged. I'll keep listening. Bingo. That braised bits. You're, you're, you're talking, Brett. You've been ticking. I see you, you got some huge traction on a couple of vids. I got a couple of traction on some talks. Um, yeah, I'm trying to dance shirtless for these 15-year-olds. and. Uh, <laughs> that's no, why... I, uh, sorry. You go ahead. It. No, no, no. You that, go. That's why I can't do it because I already danced shirtless. So it's like I'm not going to 
re. I'm a, I'm gonna on. break you this winter. I'm gonna I'm gonna work on Lance. I feel like Lance would have a great TikTok. I don't I don't know what I would do. Stand There's up. so many stand up cooking tour guiding, showing about, fun spots. How about you launch a TikTok and become also an NBA ball boy, and you guys have competing that TikToks. Stand for. That really? I want to stand for. I have the niche market on the NBA ball boys. <laughs> I have my army of young boys, literally, on TikTok, who I will not share. Yeah. Sure. Army of young... You got an army of young boys, Jess? Yeah, my young boys. That's what I call them. Yeah, I got it. I'm actually going to join the Eigner army. I'm going to. I signed up already. Enlist me. Enlist J- Joe, enlist me. <laughs> Shinner's list. All right, Brett. We're going to kick right, you guys. off now. Thanks for having me, guys. God bless you both. Thanks for being here. Check out Brett's special. Super funny. Uh, you know, you, you know him. You love him. He's he's the number. He, you're like uh, Nancy Pelosi. If both of us die, then you have to lead Braze Bits. I was going to say, please complete this <laughs> analogy in a way that is inimitable to me. <laughs> did, did, it, did you get it? That's the blurb. Uh, yeah, on the back of the album, the Nancy Pelosi, <laughs> the, the Nancy Pelosi of of phrased bits. That's my new credit. When they have a show poster, they go, "How? What do you want to be your credit?" I'll go instead of being SUNY favorite, I will now be the Nancy Pelosi of the Braised Bits podcast. Well, Brad, it's been a pleasure. When we get also back into the non-virtual kitchen, we're gonna have you back because it was a great time. Yeah, yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta cook some stuff up with you soon, guys. Absolutely, um, man. Take care. I'm going to go work on the vaccine. All right. All right man. Stay gold, pony boy. Peace. Deuces. Stay gold. That was Brett Raybold. This is Brett Raybold staying gold. Ari Gold. What a guy. Check out his comedy special on BoobTube. Check it out. Happy we got him out of here, though. Ooh. Jeez Louise. <laughs> guy really knows how to burn a bit. He knows how to burn a bit. We're like, all right. You know, we're looking at the clock. It's like when you're at a bar and you're like, all right, we're trying to, we're trying to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, last call. Jeez yeah. Louise. Let's uh let's just dip into the highlights because you know we don't want to keep people. Sure, we can do this a little uh, fast style or. I think fast we'll. Food style. I think we'll just keep it right, and then we'll just. But. Yeah, we'll be fine. Yeah, we'll be fine. We'll be zooming. I got a, a juicy highlight, Lance. You mind if I get on base? Do you want me to go first? Because mine is like not good. It's not yeah. like it's. It's I don't like a. Bury you. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're gonna bury me. It sounds like. My highlight is just that yesterday, I made chicken stock for the first time. Nice. I had it. We had a chicken. Homemade stock. Homemade stock. Publicly traded, actually. <laughs> Private, privately traded. We haven't had the IPO. But gotcha. Public stock is bought. It's something that I had always been intimidated doing, making chicken stock. But all you have to do is you, I mean, we bought a chicken earlier in the week. I made it. Kept the bones with David Boreanis and Emily Deschanel. Just put it in a pot. Onion, celery, carrots, parsley. Put it in a pot for like three hours, and I get this delicious stock. And have you had it yet? We had it. Yeah, we had it in pasta yesterday, and it was delish. Had it in pasta. Yeah. You put it over pasta. Yeah, you put you put chicken stock in like pastas, and it, it gives it a little bit more of a full body. <laughs> yeah. So you got it. In, you put it in some containers. You fridge the stock up. Yeah. And now you use it for different dishes. Exactly, and it's it's going up. And you can ta- you can taste the uh, the addition of the stock. It's it's elevated in the dish. Yeah, if you just taste the stock by itself, it you know it tastes like chicken stock. It's flavorful and uh, Jeremy stocky. Very nice. That's impressive. That's 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 a grown man's thing to cook stock. I know it just it just shows how far removed removed we are from being useful. 
that I was so scared of doing it for years and then I just did it and it's very easy. And now it's like, well, it depends on, you know, after the virus is over, I'm sure I'll never do it again because life gets too busy. But right. now in this slow pace of life, it's, it's a no brainer. And that's my highlight. Just, my mouth's watering. I want to, I want to try some of that stock. You come over, listen to the millionaire next door, have some stock. It'll be a good time. Imagine you made that a part of that. I mean, you would have to make a large amount of stock, but imagine you started putting that into the, the, uh, big apple box. I don't think you, I don't think it would work. Get, get I also think it's, I think it'd be illegal to sell your own stock. Well, I'd have to like make it a real thing. Huh? I don't know. I, I don't know if you're allowed to, there's, there are definitely laws about making food in your apartment and then selling it. You might have to get some oh, sort of right, license. Right. I, that's actually true. I saw some guy was doing pizza reviews and he was doing, the guy was making pizza out of his apartment and he couldn't, the guy they, well, couldn't sell it, but he can donate to his Venmo. Yeah. That's a good stock highlight. Well, I'm ready for yours because you really, you really hyped this up. I'm gonna try to make your mouth water. I'm, I'm taking stock of my highlight, and it's, it's a pretty good one. I'm not sure if it's gonna live up to the hype, but you know, it did live up to the hype. My, my highlight. <laughs> I don't know how much more time I could waste, but this past weekend, I saw Phil Jackson, and I saw his new fiance. Let's call her. Uh, I don't know. What, let's call her Britney Spears. Because God, that's that's good. She's the '90s. She's the '90s. Phil Jackson, Britney Spears. Yeah, newly engaged, happy couple. I haven't seen them in a little while. They live in the Upper East Side. It was a little chilly out, but we wanted to go out to kind of celebrate the engagement, us three. So we found a restaurant that had some outdoor seating. Where did we go? None other than the famous, highly recommended restaurant Arturo's. Nice! Wow. That's great. I had I almost texted you while we were there, but I wanted to save it for the pod. Lancey, I, I wanted to, I kind of wanted it to be my QAB, to be honest. I wanted to like, but it was so good. It, it's it's my highlight. It was, a ma- it's, I, it's a magical place. Food was absolutely out of this world. Just divine. Really came in there, like hoping it would be a pretty good meal. It was, it exceeded all expectations. We got a, the veal parm shared, Veal parm, that red sauce lands. Oh my god, the the bread, the oil. They put down olives and celery and carrots. I love those olives. Tip top shape. I told my new Lancy. They they took care of me and, and Phil and Brittany. It was quite a meal. Just happy because you, you really hyped it up. You you always hype up Arturo's. I think it was in your top five and your top nine restaurants. Did you get did you get vegetable or pasta? We got a vegetable and a pasta. We we shared three dishes. Nice. Um, we got the string beans was the vegetables. Okay. Yeah. String beans are good. I love when they have broccoli. Their broccoli is top notch, but you don't know what the vegetable, I mean, I guess you could ask, but who's, you can't, you can't ask. You can, but you can't, but it's just the classic place. You could tell that like, it's just the quality, like the recipes, it's all like just homemade stuff. I think they're doing better business than they were because the indoor is not that big. Uh, yeah, the indoor is not that big. They probably have the same amount of tables outside as in. Okay. They, they they're they're not packed super tight but there's it's probably the same amount but then they do have a downstairs but they don't really use it except for private events it was just it was just quite a treat probably the last time i'll eat out for a while now but it was just fantastic thank you for the recommendation and uh i, I wanted to be qab i'll be i'll be honest i thought it'd be better for the pod if i came out <laughs> like this is your favorite place this place is like ragu they're giving me frozen rolls 
it was unbelievable. I'd recommend it to my to anybody. Yeah, I'm excited to. Yeah, I guess it's tough because you know the weather's so bad. And, I mean, you could eat inside, but you know it's it's the virus. It's the virus, Lance. Is your back? Your back seems to be worse than last week. <laughs> no, it's it's okay. This guy's back. This guy's fighting every inch here in the pod. Yeah, Kate's always asking, like, you want to take some Advil? You want to take some stuff? But I just, you know, it starts with Advil. It ends with opioids. That's not true. Advil takes the edge off. You got you to pop a cup of Advil, especially if you're like, is it, are you able to sleep? Yeah, I'm fine. Lancey, I'm worried about you. You don't, you don't need to be. I'll get you some Arturo's. I'll give you a rub down next time I see you, and you give me some stock. Yeah, give me a nice rub. Rub-a-dub-dub. Speaking of the rub, should we rub on down to our top nine? Let's rub on down to our top nine. We're becoming, becoming men in this top nine. It's a, it's a pretty... to our manlyhood. It's a pretty interesting one. We'll see how it is. It could be one of our best ones ever. It definitely has the capability of being that. It's going to be weird. It's going to be wacky. It's going to be a mitzvah. It's going to be a mitzvah, bar none. Because we're doing top nine things about bar and bot and binet mitzvahs. Our top nine favorite things about bar and bot mitzvahs. This is going to be awesome. I I wonder like the the percentage of Brazerbacks have been to a bot mitzvah. I would say over fifty percent. It depends if you count our Indian listening contingent, which I feel like has a low. Right. Not I'm not not to generalize, but yeah. I get the sense that if you live in India. There's not as many bar mitzvahs to go to. Well, if you've never been, we're going to give you a peek behind the 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 temple doors and the the reception hall doors the, and, and tell you our top nine. The legend of the hidden temple. Top nine things about bar mitzvahs. Do you, do you want to say like a little bit about our own bar mitzvahs before we go in? We don't have to. Sure. My theme was Jesse's Sports Zone. That's big. And it was just a, it was one of the best days of my life. I had a great time. We had a DJ. We had a, a reception at like a different place in the temple. This place called Seasons, and uh, we had, it was just sports themed. Every table had an athlete that with like a how'd you call it? Like a mannequin with the, the athlete's jersey, which was very cool. And like just great food, great people, great. It was a great party. That sounds amazing. My theme and bar mitzvah themes is a very interesting thing. I, I don't even know if they exist anymore because they feel like now I think about it and it feels like it's like such a 90s, 2000s thing. Right. They might still exist. I don't I don't really know. I think they do. But mine was the NBA, like nice. probably 50% of, of uh, I mean, sports were probably like 75% of, of the themes. I went to one that was a Simpsons theme, actually Brainiac 2KO from last episode. He had, it was called uh, Jake's Bart Mitzvah. It was Simpsons themed. That's a good one. I went to a, w, a WWF themed one. I went to a one at the NBA store in Manhattan. That's probably the That's best wild. I've ever been to. That yeah. was I don't even remember whose it was. Some guy I knew in Hebrew school. Yeah, bar mitzvahs could get nuts. Like I feel like I was, you know, like too far away from the city to get those. Like because you hear about bar mitzvahs that are just like Drake comes to them yeah. and like they get way way over the top. I never really had that experience, but mine was like. It sounds like it was similar to yours in the way it was. There's the temple, and then the temple had this like reception room where a lot of people did end up having their bar mitzvahs. Right. So we had it there. Every table was like some sort of basketball themed something, and yeah, it was it was a good time. Love that. Yeah, and if in case you don't know what a bar mitzvah is, uh, 
and you're listening, it's a rite of passage ceremony in, in Judaism where you become a man or a woman at age 13. You basically, you read from the Torah for the first time and it's a, it's a big deal. It's like, you know, it's like uh, what confirmation in Christianity. Yeah. It's like it's that type way. of, that type of thing. Yeah. Maybe even, a, maybe even, a, I think it's even more of a big deal in Judaism because there's like a bunch of it, right? There's like communion when you're right. Baptism. And that's like, yeah. But so there's not, none of that stuff except for the bar mitzvah. That's the only thing really. Right. Yeah. At the time it felt like a really big deal. Yeah. Looking back, it was, it was just, a, it was a great day. All right, let's do it. Just get into our top nines. Let's do it. I'll get on base. Why not? My number nine, Lancey. I was thinking about lowering this down, but there's just too many good options. My number nine is the candles. The whole the candles is at the at the reception, I guess, and when the bar mitzvah girl, boy or girl has thirteen candles that they give out to the family members, loved ones, friends, and they have like a little like speech before each candle. My dad wrote my candles, and he killed. Remember, he had great rhymes, great jokes. Probably like the first time I did like stand up. It wasn't really stand up, but it was the candles in front of a group of people. And my dad was very funny. Um, and each like per each candle, they come up, they light the candle, you take a picture, they had a song. I just love that. I loved watching other people's candles, like the inside jokes and kind of seeing a little peek behind the, the, that person's life. It would get emotional. You have your grandparents. Just a just a great moment in the bar mitzvah. The candles. Yeah, that's a good one. It didn't make my list, but there's so many good things about bar mitzvahs. I actually wrote my own candles. Wow, impressive. 16, 16 handles. Was it humorous? I, I feel like it must have been, but I honestly don't remember. I If I wanted to, I'm sure my mom has them somewhere, and I could probably find them. I'm pretty sure we still but, have my dad's, what they wrote. Yeah, I feel like they were funny in the way that if I looked at it now, I would really cringe. Like that was, I was definitely heavily on the rhymes. Like I, I, cause I just followed, <laughs> I followed what my brothers were, which I think my mom must have written them. So I was like, yeah, oh, they all, the whole style. they I all have rhymes. to, they all have to rhyme. Yeah. So I think I probably valued rhyming over, you know, just I, I, I was developing my comedic voice. Got it. More so, but I remember during mine, I was mad because my dad's like family, like kind of older uncles and they're all, they're all pretty much died now, but they're like in their seventies or eighties at the time. And they just wouldn't shut up during the whole thing. And they were so loud that like you, I had to like, like tell them to be quiet. They were heckling you. Yeah, they were, they were heckling me, which is unsurprising Yeah, with that side of the family. That's funny looking back and probably sad at the time. I remember I was like kind of upset because I was like trying to read, but it, it's like if you're doing a bit and the, a table is, is heckling you. Old Jews who probably couldn't even hear you. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. All right. My number eight, this is not really exclusive to bar bar mitzvahs. It's kind of, it could be, it's obviously at Jewish weddings also, but it's the horror. I'm a big horror guy. Horror the Explorer. I go nuts for it. It's, it's one I could really let loose a little bit. It's when you walk in, when you walk in, you, you, it's, I think it's one of the first dances after the reception where you, the bar mitzvah boy or girl, bat mitzvah, you get in the, in the chair and they lift you in the chair and then people circle around you and they do the whole circles and dancing. I don't know if that explaining it right, but it's, it's just an absolutely blast. Yeah, I think that's a good summation of it. And it is the Jewish dance. I feel like when people talk about Jewish events and that they're fun, like I think people have this perception and I think it's true that like when 
Jews party, it's like a good time. Yeah. Like we don't really do it, but when we do it, it's a, go after it, it. we go after it. And, and the Orthodox, they, their horror gets, I don't know if you ever seen videos of their horror. Gets, yeah. It's pretty wild. One of my friend's weddings, he's pretty, he's conservative. He's not Orthodox, but he's like pretty, their, their ceremony was like their wedding ceremony. They, this, this is a wedding, like very, you know, strict, all the stuff. And the horror was 22 minutes long. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, because you, you hold somebody's hand next to you, you might not know who it is. It could be your friend's aunt. But everyone's just joining together. You're dancing together, celebrating. The, the main event is in the center. And being in that chair, I'll never forget that feeling of being, because you're also scared of falling out off the chair, being thrown off. So it's exciting. It's it's wild. It shows the, it's one of those things that I think shows the lasting power of why religions have been so successful and effective in like orienting meaning because it's it's so it's such like a joyful thing and it's like been it feels like it's like been perfected like maybe it used to be some other way but they you know over the years it's become like this perfect vehicle a vessel for expressing this joy and then when it's your turn like everyone in the community is on the outside and happy but then when it's your turn you really get to enjoy it right it's it's the number five on my list. I will say that the wedding horror, like during my wedding, was un- like it was way better. I'm it sure was, you're sharing it with yeah, your wife. Yeah, it was the best. Yeah, it was you're probably the the, what's it, the the napkin you guys in between when you're both in the chairs. We didn't we didn't do that. No, no napkin. Yeah, but we just high fived. That nice high five. <laughs> yeah. My new wife. <laughs> but. Yeah, that was probably my two favorite moments of the wedding that Kate thinks the first one is very nice. But my number one is probably when she walked down the aisle. I thought that was, that was that's like when it really hit me. I was like, oh, like it was great. And that was your first uh, time seeing her that day? No, but gotcha. it was, you know, it was like a very big moment. Uh, and then one B or number two was Dora. Love that. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Yeah. All right. My number seven was the is the kids buffet at the bar mitzvah. I wish I could still go after this kids buffet. Usually, there's I mean there's a cocktail hour at bar mitzvahs and bar mitzvahs, but there's also I feel like during the reception another kids buffet, but just loaded up with the goods: mozzarella sticks, chicken fingers, pizza, tenders, egg rolls, you name it. The kids got it. It's my number seven, the kids buffet. Yeah, the kids buffet is an all time classic. I went to a we went to a bat mitzvah two years ago. This is my first, my, the only bat mitzvah, bar, bar bat mitzvah I've been to as an adult. Like there were a few I went to when I was a little bit older than 13, but this was the first one I've been to in like 10 years probably. And I'm not going to lie, you got to just time it out. I said, I got to get these chicken fingies and these fries. Oh, yeah. and so I just waited till they all had it. And then I. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. You, you obviously can't go online with, with no. kids you can't be in front of a couple of kids <laughs> no no i just waited until they were done and, and i swooped on it so good load them all up though the one thing i think i remember in my bar mitzvah i wanted to have boneless buffalo tenders and they didn't have them yeah that's that's an ask it's a big ask ask jeeves jeeve louise <laughs> that was your seven yeah my number nine is sitting with your friends during the temple service who are Christian or just, or have never been to temple always loved watching people's reactions, how kind of astonished they were 
I think people, the fact that services were in Hebrew, people it blew their minds. They said, what is this strange thing? People looked at you like, not so much. I don't think it was so much like a, not a, not at all in terms of like negativity. I think just more like fascinated by this, this thing that they didn't really know about. And then you were, when you were sitting with your friends, you were considered the leader and like you knew it was up. And I remember during my bar mitzvah, just like seeing there was a section of our temple during bar mitzvahs where all the kids sat. And I always just found that to be like a really fascinating thing. Some people kind of trying to talk just to kind of similar to school, but people were captivated because it was a situation they've never been in. People dressed up, you know, cool, cool thing. I love that. I love that so much that that's literally my number three. I have written down my number three is all of your non-Jewish friends at Temple acting like fish out of water. Oh, yeah. It's just, I, I agree 100%. It like, because I went to Hebrew school twice a week and like you, you memorize this half Torah, you get good at all the songs and like it's a whole different world for the majority of my friends. So seeing them like sitting in that environment, there was one of my friends at the time's mom was like an enforcer. She would come around making sure no one had gum in their mouth, spit out the gum into her hand. That was always funny. And just seeing like seeing them look at the rest of the temple, like who knows all these songs and speaking in this language, it's a wild thing. It's like they're in culture shock. Yeah, it's kind of the reverse. We're talking about on the Patreon episode about how secular Judaism not not having Santa is like right. one of the last things that kind of makes Jewish secular Jewish culture distinct. This is like the opposite of that, where these people who like, you know, they're the dominant cult generally. I mean, obviously, that's only talking about if you're Christian, you know, if you're different religion, then it's not as much of a thing. But the majority of my friend, I think almost I think all of them probably were Christian in some capacity. Same. So, yeah, seeing that fish out of water thing is very interesting. Love that. Absolutely love it. So that was my number nine. My number eight. And this is something I really wish we were videoing the pod. Because my number eight is the different bar mitzvah dances. <laughs> so you know they're this. <laughs> oh yeah. This is like yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, bar mitzvah dancing really fascinating because you have to cater it towards thirteen year olds, and obviously, thirteen year. I mean, some people were sneaking alcohol, but really, I mean, mitzvah? no, no. I remember one bar mitzvah. There were like a kid got drunk, but I mean, for the most part, I think, no, you know, places were pretty strict about it, but I'm sure there were some situations I never did, but I never experienced that. This didn't happen in my bar mitzvah, but a bunch of other bar mitzvahs, the big thing or the scandalous thing was that girls would flash the the guys in the bathroom. Oh, wow. I I don't think I ever heard of that one. Yeah. My, my... Hebrew school was really interesting in the fact, I don't know why this was, but my town wasn't super, there was like 30 people in our Hebrew school class. And that was basically everyone who was Jewish in the town. And like 25, it was like 25 guys and five girls. So at all the bar mitzvahs, there were way less girls usually. Got it. Even if you invited your friends who were girls in middle school, I don't think I had friends who were girls at that point, maybe like two or three. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but that that that's scandalous. Super scandal. Yeah, super super duper scandal. Yeah. Wack Goldberg had a, a had a scandalous. I don't want to <laughs> speak out of turn, but it was a, a whole do to do. Wow, yeah, that sounds like a 
scandal on ABC. Bingo. But what were we talking about? Bar mitzvah dances? Oh, yeah. The bar mitzvah. Because you have to cater the dances to 13-year-olds. So they're like line dances, basically. <laughs> right. And it's like the cha-cha slide and electric slide and cotton eye joe you said it i gotta say it now my number four is the electric slide i i was gonna i was gonna bite my tongue i am a big electric are you saying the electric slide or the cha-cha slide slide to the left the cha-cha slide that's the cha-cha yeah that's not the electric slide you gotta feel it that's that's electric yeah (laughs) oh man but that was that was on that was there too i I guess i'll combine both i love both yeah but the cha-cha slide is just electric yeah cotton cotton eye joe Oh yeah, oh yeah, love a Cotton Eye Joe. Where did he go? He used to be at Yankee games a lot. Where they do the Cotton Eye Joe, they would have like a guy play Cotton Eye Joe. It is a banger. Absolutely, we used to dance to that in gym class. I sometimes think like, where did he come from? Where did he go? Where did he get that Cotton Eye? (laughs) (laughs) Where did he go? That would be a funny sketch. Where did Cotton Eye Joe go? Maybe we write it. (laughs) That would be funny. Throw it on the page. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was my number eight. Those dances were so awkward, but <laughs> you got into it. I, sometimes I got into it. You got to get into it. I got a bunch of dancing elements on my rest of my list, so I'm going to save it. My number seven is, it was called Trope. Uh, was that what yours was? Trope. So I, when, did you get bar mitzvah lessons? I got them with the canter where we go over the half Torah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... When you get bar mitzvah, the whole thing is you're basically reading from the Torah, and um, you have to. It's all it's all singing. So yeah. in Hebrew school, I'm sure you did the same thing. You learn how to read Hebrew, but we never learned how to do like the Torah trope was what they called it, like the me- different melodies. Okay. And so, my guy. Like the way you learned it is they had symbols and each symbol corresponded to a different sound. So one was like the hook and the other one was the hook facing it. And then the other one was like the end of the sentence. So like he would put these markers and that was the pitch tone you had to say. So I just, it was so funny. And sometimes I just walk around our apartment saying them and Kate thinks it's ridiculous. One was the diamond. So like you just say Hebrew words in those pitch tones. Yeah, it's like you're and, trying to find your key. Yeah, yeah, and that's how you have to read, you know, the Torah portion. That's interesting. I, our, or I guess the way I learned my half Torah was my cantor had like he recorded himself doing it. Got it. And I would listen to him record him singing it, and then I would like pretty much just memorize the way he sang it. Yeah, I, I think we didn't have any symbols. Like, well, so I knew how to read Hebrew, but in the Torah, it didn't have any symbols. Yeah, so in the Torah, it didn't have symbols. When we learned, he initially would give it to us with the symbols, and then he and with the trope, way. and then he had to memorize that. So everyone basically just memorized theirs. No one, yeah. you know, but that was like a way that he taught it, which I didn't know if that was common throughout or that was just my thing. But it was a great. It was very effective. Yeah, and. We still, it's you know, some of us still they, talk about it. They know it works. They, they learned how to really, it's a bar mitzvah, like it's a machine over there. It is a machine. <laughs> grinding out, <laughs> grinding out members of Eigner's army. <laughs> and Parker's patrol. That's Paw Patrol. <laughs> Paw Patrol. That's my number seven. All right. My number six is the giveaway. You love a giveaway. You love something at the end where you can leave the bar mitzvah, bar mitzvah with a nice little treat that you remember the day by. My was the uh, gave away a beach towel 
a nice blue beach towel with my name and the bar mitzvah date on it. Nice little trinket. I think the best one, I don't remember specifically what was in it, but I think we got a nice gift bag when I had the bar mitzvah at the NBA store. I remember them having a lot of cool stuff in there. But yeah, the number six is the giveaway. Well, my number six is the party favor, which is the giveaway. Pretty much the giveaway. And That's magic. We had, I don't know if you got any of this, did you get any CDs? Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. CDs absolutely. were the big thing, and for this, I still have my bar mitzvah CD in our apartment. I don't know if I've have I ever showed it to you. I don't think so. No? Well, I'm going to show it to you. It's called Manzo's Mix. For some reason, my nickname was Manzo at that time. So this is my mix. You could see. Could you see it? I mean, I guess if you're listening, oh, yeah. you can't Lance see it. Lance is wearing some, some basketball it's, jersey. Yeah, NBA hoopla. Awesome. It's a Paul Pierce jersey. This is from 2003. Is that this, is a, this is a picture. He's on Boston. This is a picture of me as a baby. Maybe we'll we'll put these pictures up on the Instagram. I'm going to read the songs that I had on my CD. Sure. Most of them I chose, but some of them were like my mom. So, for instance, number one is Coming to America. Wow. And my mom like wanted like an America song in the beginning. My brother's bar mitzvah was like a few weeks after 9-11. So they did that, and then I don't know why they did that for me also, but I I don't, you know, you know how family weird things are. It worked the first time. Might as well do it again, the second kid. Number two is the NBA Live 2003 theme song. (laughs) Number three, Don't Worry, Be Happy by Bobby McFerrin. Love that. Number four, I Feel Good, James Brown. Wow. Number five, 99 Red Balloons by Goldfinger. Okay. Number six, Superman by Goldfinger, which was like the Tony Hawk Pro Skater theme song. N- number seven, If I Had a Million Dollars by the Bare Naked Ladies. <laughs> number eight, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous by Good wow, Charlotte. Wow, no way. Number nine, Ignition Remix. <laughs> so cancel this <laughs> CD right now. That is the, the soundtrack <laughs> of the 90s. You got to have that. 2003. 2003, but that... that... Ignition's insane. Number 10, The Anthem by Good Charlotte. Nice. Number 11, The Addams Family theme song, <laughs> which I never even watched The Addams Family, so I don't really know why this was on here. That's and amazing. the last one is One More Time by Daft Punk. Very nice. That's an insane playlist. Absolute jams. Some real jams. I bar mitzvah was 2003 also. What a quinky thing. I think we're oh, the, same we the same age. What day, what day was yours? May 3rd. And mine was May 10th. Wow. <laughs> Thanks for the invite. You're welcome. What a thing. That was my number six, the giveaway. My number five along the dance theme is the snowball dance. At the time, I remember being pretty... Uh, I love the snowball dance at my bar mitzvah because the snowball dance, people don't know, is when the, the bar mitzvah boy, bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah girl starts off the snowball dance. You pick somebody to dance with. Pick a, it could be a girl or boy to dance with. And then a couple of minutes later, you you break off and you pick another person. The girl and the guy pick another person. And it snowballs and everyone picks and more and more people join the dance floor. Remember at the time it was like a nerve-wracking thing. But I think I liked to just, you could see like who likes each other, who's got the crushes. I remember at the time, like everyone knew I had this crush on this girl, Marina. So like when the snowball dance happened, people were like, oh, he's going to pick Marina. And then after it snowballed, Marina picked this kid, Kevin. And then, like, they just dance the rest of the bar mitzvah. 
Oh, <laughs> it's brutal. Classic. Absolute classic. I mean, well, that's why. I guess we should let the Brazerbacks know. That's why Uber Pete's isn't available if your name is Kevin. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's a policy by the Braze Bits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this must have just been a New Jersey thing because I never heard of this. Never heard of the snowball dance? No. Really? Interesting. I'm glad. I, I would have been I would have been terrified of it. So I'm glad that we didn't have it. It sounds like a lot of pressure. It was a lot of pressure. And it's kind of a muffed up thing. Especially like I'm sure there's plenty of kids that didn't get picked or you're, like, you're one of the last people to get picked. Very weird thing, looking back on it. I remember being very nervous about it at other people's bar mitzvahs. You're like standing in a circle around the dance floor and like after every music change, people go out and pick another person to dance with. But the tradition of it I enjoyed. Interesting. Yeah. And then number four, another dance. We talked about it, the electric slide slash cha-cha slide. <laughs> I'm probably more of a cha-cha guy. The everybody clap your hands is one of the most electric breaks of, of all time. Mm-hmm. It just gets me jammed up. Makes me want to go just – they do it at sporting events to get the crowd riled up. But at a bar mitzvah, call me crazy, but it's one of the best. Yeah, it's a classic. Freeze. Everybody, everybody clap, clap your hands. hands. Crisscross. <laughs> reverse. <laughs> reverse, reverse. Just an absolute jam, and, I, and when everyone's like knows the, the the dance to a song, it's a rare thing. Like, oh, you could feel yeah. the the room just in sync. Chemistry. You, you're not looking at around people like you don't have to like come up with your own weird dance. Everyone's got the same thing to do. It's great. It's kind of like that's kind of one of the reasons I really like doing hot yoga. It's that same energy of everyone doing the same thing. Yeah. There, you're by yourself, but you're also together. It's a connective energy. Yeah. Yeah, that's my number four. That's a good one. So my number six is the party favors. My number five is the horror. We've already talked about that. My number four, I feel like you might have this in your top three, but it's Coke and Pepsi. (laughs) I sure do, Lance. It's my number one. (laughs) Yeah. So Coke and Pepsi, if you don't know, it's like a bar mitzvah game. There were all these, not all these, but this was like the main bar mitzvah game. And you picked a partner. And it was like an elimination style game. I don't even know how you'd explain it. I guess if you don't know what it is, just like YouTube it. You take it, your shoes off. You got your socks on a slippery dance floor. You have a partner and they yell Coke. Pe- they're playing music and the DJ stops and yells Coke or Pepsi. And you have to sit on one of your partners. One of you is Coke or Pepsi. You got to freeze and stop on, sit on their knee and go back to each side. It's like a race and tag. And then they add. It's a, it's a rigged yeah. game. Yeah, and then it's they rigged system. They add different sodas, and you got to do different things. And basically, they eliminate different groups one by one. It is a rigged game because the bar mitzvah boy or girl almost always wins. I was Unless hyper. There's like a little kid that's really cute. Yeah, and and like they'll make it to the top, the final two. I was hyper competitive about it. I was like very competitive at that age, and me and my friend the plum actually were always like a team. And there was one bar mitzvah I do remember where we won and we weren't the, like they, the other, you know, the, couldn't deny they were out. just so, yeah, it was like so, so obvious, but that's why it's only my number four. Cause it was a super fun game. Everyone gets super pumped up for it, but you know, it's, it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a corrupt system. It is, but it's it's just the most fun. It's my number one. Oh wait, it's yeah, just, you can't beat it. My, I have I have these sweet feet that are a treat, and I'm just made for this game. We talked about me being an athlete beforehand. I I explode at Pepsi Coke. Yeah, 
I go absolutely nuts. It's it's just something you look forward to. Like I'm not a big game guy in general, but this is one thing at the bat mitzvahs that I would always play with. You gotta get a good partner. All about chemistry. You have quick twitch reactions. It's it's fantastic. Who's your partner? Did you have like a go to partner? Or did you switch it up? I I switched it up. I remember having a go to. Probably I probably did a bunch of Coke Pepsi with Wack Goldberg. Nice. Carry him on my back. That Wack. <laughs> so that was my number four. Nice. Yeah, the rest of mine, we pretty much, well, my number two is kind of unique. My number three is the all of your non-Jewish friends at Temple acting like a fish out of water. We talked about that. My number two, this is going to be a little creepy, but it's the dancers. Oh, yeah. I mean, these dancers, these, they had the most beautiful women, beautiful guys, handsome guys. I I enjoyed it. Looking back, it was kind of weird. At the like the cocktail hour, I don't know if you you had this, but they would have like the dancer girls kind of like flirt with the guys. It'd be like, like cut, talking with like the young kids be like, Ooh, and you'd be like, Oh, that's, it's like a hot girl talking to you. I remember just thinking it was a very wild experience. They were just, they were just there to kind of like make you feel like it's a party. And then on when at the reception, they're dancing, they're organizing the dances. They're getting you jived up. Just an overall, you feel like a, a kid in the candy land. Yeah. They're my number two also. <laughs> I mean, you can't, that was like the whole thing. It yeah. was nuts. I mean, you're a 13 year old boy. You're not, you know, it's the becoming a man, but you're not, you're not a man. You're a 13 year old no, boy. Yeah, hormones pop. And there are these like beautiful 18 year old women. They're yeah. all like, they were, none of them were ever 13. I mean, they were all like, I feel like 17 at like 16, maybe at the youngest, but I feel like 16 to 20 years old. Yeah. And, you know, people in high school or college, I guess, making some extra money. Um, but, like, they're not only paying attention to you, they're, like, actively flirting with you and dancing with you. I mean, as a 13-year-old, it's like... This it's, is the it's, Yeah, it's, like, the greatest I'm thing a, in the I'm, world. This is what becoming a man is. Yeah. This is my bar mitzvah. Yeah, exactly. So, it was just, like, nuts. And I think, so, I think as a... The dynamic for, like, a bar mitzvah was was uh it's it's more like it wasn't as creepy i mean i I feel like the bot mitzvah one is a little creepy because it's like 16 to 20 year old men right it feels like i feel like the men actually noticed this at the bot mitzvah (laughs) i went to i feel like the male dancers are like a little bit hesitant i mean this is also 2018 or 2019 compared to 2003 they might not have cared but like that to me, it's like a weird, creepy dynamic. But it, I think the bar mitzvah, like the girls at thirteen, it's just like it's like a, it's also they got that same thing going on. So it's like it's very. I think it's very creepy in that dynamic. For but as a thirteen-year-old, you're like this is the greatest thing in the world. Yeah, you're getting attention. You kind of yeah. get up. You're yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That's a, it's a funny one to be. Bo- that was your number two. Yeah, it was like the best thing about. Well, for it was the second best oh. thing for mine. It was my number two. That's so funny. And then my number one is Pepsi Coke. We talked about it. The best game, bar mitzvah game. I wish they'd had it that at weddings for the adults, and, and like it not be rigged. It would get so physical. I um, it'd probably it'd probably get too outrageous. People get drunk and start like fighting. But as a kid, it was the best. My number one. My friend, the plum. I was like, if I had to bet money, that I was going to bet that he was going <laughs> to do it at his wedding. But it was, he got married during COVID, so. Oh. But I I would be surprised if it was normal circumstances and he didn't have it that'd be so funny yeah you love that yeah i think i wrote in his like uh 
card that something about that he was going to be the only person playing Coke and Pepsi at his child's bar mitzvah. <laughs> when I'm definitely going to do that. Wouldn't blame him. I'm done. I I realized. I mean, there. I went to this bar mitzvah two years ago, and I was like, this. I mean. I mean, you got I'm, those calves. How do you how do you not explode? It's got to get that explosive first step. It's I, all about that first step. I wasn't bad. We would have been a good team. Absolutely, we would have been in, in Pepsi Coke shape. So my number three, you're gonna love this, and this was I think only. So I also had a DJ, and there was like you pr- it was probably similar. There was like a company that like you they gave you DJ yeah. like the DJ. You get the DJ, they got the dancers. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So this company that we worked with. As part of their package, they also like a month before the bar mitzvah, they let you invite like four or five of your friends, and they gave you break dancing lessons. <laughs> <laughs> and looking back, like at the time, I was like, "Oh, this is the coolest thing in the world!" And I like me and some of my friends would like do break dancing moves at these bar mitzvahs. But looking back, I'm like, "This is the most like comically." That's Long so Island thing of all time. Was that and like a bonus part of the package? Or was that was that built in? They they made it they made it sound like it was like the coolest thing in the world, and I thought it was really cool. But it's I mean, the most hacky, ridiculous thing ever, and it's it's I just think it's so funny. Um, actually, I don't know if he remembers, but Zachary Snackery, I believe, went to this with. He's one of the friends that I brought. No way. Yeah. Yeah. So, did you end up doing a like a breakdance routine at your bar mitzvah? I don't. Re- I don't think so because I don't remember that. But there were others where, like, I must have done a little bit, but I don't really remember. That's great. That's so. But I was like pretty into it, and I do remember some of the friends I brought like thought it was a joke, and I was like kind of mad because I was like more serious about serious. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. You're you're committed to it. You're yeah. A committed guy. But it's like the most comically northeast suburban yeah. thing in, in the world yeah yeah <laughs> so that's my number three my number two is the dancers nice. and my number one was the cocktail hour right kind of going off what you were talking about the kids buffet yeah this was really the first time this so bar mitzvahs happened around the same time i decided i liked food like up until age 11 or 12 i would just eat the same five things and then around age 12, 13, I started eating other things. And here was a situation where you could try every, I mean, to me, it seemed like every food in the world. You had like the meat carving board. You had the kids stuff in the cocktail hour. Some cocktail hours had sushi, like usually meat some smoked fish. fish. Yeah. What's some other, like, I don't know, maybe like pasta a Mexican station. station, a pasta station. So to me, it was like, I mean, it was unreal. And to me still... I have like a mythical reverence for the cocktail hour in general. Lately, I've had to tone it down because I realized I just eat so much at the cocktail hour. I can't really be doing this anymore. Right. But I still have it's that. Tough not to go nuts at a great cocktail. I, hour. I have that in me. I'm like, I got to eat everything. I'd say it's the cocktail hour is it's, it's well known. It's the best part of it's the best eating part of any of these like a wedding yeah. or bar mitzvah. That was something I I really cared about for our wedding. It was the only thing actually I didn't really enjoy in my wedding because i had oh, to talk yeah. to people so i couldn't actually really eat anything sure which was annoying but that makes sense uh we want i wanted the food to be good that was like a big priority right that's a good one that's that's kind of what i was thinking for kids buffet the yeah cocktail hour yeah and, and also i had a few friends at their cocktail hours 
in the in like the kids cocktail room they had they would have like a magician going around doing tricks or have like uh like the dancers around there who playing other games yeah that was made it fun we had a magician and then yeah all the dancers were like aggressively flirting with people yeah. <laughs> giving out lap dancing yeah ba- i mean basically <laughs> it was nuts yeah i, I, I wonder i wonder if that aggression is the same now i feel like it might i feel like in these modern times it's probably toned back a little bit interesting i'm not sure i don't know yeah we should do an investigation report <laughs> i don't think so all right great top nine this that was is fantastic this was a real good one Looking forward to looking. I don't know if I'm looking forward to bar mitzvahs as adults because I feel like it just becomes some sort of status competition. Sure. Within That's your community. I'm not sure. I mean, who knows? I did like, like, I went to my sister's as a 17 year old, and that was amazing. Yeah. I'm, my sister's was also a lot of fun. I was able to invite a couple, a bunch of friends to it. it Same. Great. Yeah. You feel like the big man on campus. Like, yeah. oh, I, I, I've been through this rodeo. Exactly. Love yeah. It. So. For this one, it's just Phil Jackson. I had told you that Kate had never been to a bar by me, so that's not true because she went to the one with me uh, two okay. years ago. But, but she didn't have the full she didn't have bar the... mitzvah experience with like all of her friends had like a round of bar mitzvahs. Exactly. So she abstained. She abstained. You know that's what happens when you go to Catholic school. Yeah, that's okay. The chosen one. That's okay. She married into it. Bingo. So you know we'll play we'll play Coke and Pepsi down the road. <laughs> Playing Coca Pepsi in your apartment just alone. <laughs> All right, Phil Jackson though, he comes in real hot. He reminds me more of Philip Roth because <laughs> he writes these great introductions. But I wish Phil for I don't think we talked about it, but Phil's mother is Jewish. Yeah, he could have got a bar mitzvah. But he didn't. He wasn't raised Jewish. But I wish he would have taught. He has a great singing voice. He would have been a, had read and sang an amazing Haftorah. He's a great dancer. I, one of these days, he's got to have his own bar mitzvah. There was a kid in college who I knew who got bar mitzvah in college. It's never too late. You could you could always do it. Uh, Phil Jackson says, "What an intimate list of moments! A list of moments that encompass what becoming a man truly feels like." And we all know that stuffing your face with chicken fingers and running <laughs> rampant in a hotel banquet hall. I'm uniquely positioned to make my predictions this week because I did indeed attend Griffey Boys Bar Mitzvah. Wow. I also was fortunate enough to take home a large styrofoam Barry Bonds as a souvenir. Huge. The bar or bat mitzvah can breed drama, excess, and catharsis, so this week promises to be special. Without further ado, my predictions are as follows. Phil Jackson nails this. Not a kid, Phil. Getting your non-Jewish friends to attend Temple. Wow, he got that one? Come on, Phil. He's starting off and fuego. Buffet, 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 <laughs> buffet. buffet tables of junk food and fried delights. Nailed it. He has buffet. You can't have it. Candle lighting ceremony. <laughs> he's, he's, someone had help now with this. This is incredible. <laughs> The dance floor game where you run back and forth. Stop, Phil. Stop the fight. Throw in the towel. Pepsi Coke, my numero uno. The hired dancers. No. <laughs> he, he, this is someone's leaking my list to him. The hired. Well, I don't like that he has hired. They are hired. But it sounds like they're prostitutes. <laughs> 
dancing to Stacy's mom and in the club. <laughs> I, I wonder if I had, I definitely had it in the club. I wonder if I had Stacy's mom. I think Stacy's mom came out like the year. I feel like it came out the year after. It's an absolute classic. Yeah. Though. Then he's got his bonus. His, his bonus is parents getting blackout drunk. <laughs> yeah. That definitely happened. Yeah. That's good. And then he's got Braze on. Love that. I think one of best one of Phil's best performances. It's very on prime point. time. Yeah. Yeah. Real good. Real, real good. You got any ads? I do have an ad. Braze Vits this week is sponsored by TGI Saturday mornings. Do you like the chain TGI Fridays? Well, then you'll love TGI Saturday mornings. We serve everything that TGI Fridays serves, except we cook it the night before and serve it to you in a Tupperware. Think mozzarella sticks, but instead of them being fresh, they're left over and cold. Mmm. The Washington Post calls us a Saturday morning cartoonish idea, and we couldn't be more proud. TGI Saturday mornings. Wake up and smell the Philly cheesesteak egg rolls. Ooh. Sounds delicious. Yep. Support. Support TGI Saturday mornings. TGI Saturday mornings. Great ad. That's right. Um, So we don't have a... Well, we had a question earlier with Mr. October and, and Brett. But I also wanted to, for our question segment, to discuss Zachary Snackery's weighing in on the Brazebits Instagram about a previous episode. He talks about our Top 9 Landmarks episode, which I think is probably the most controversial episode that we've had. Definitely up there. Definitely up there. And, you know, I usually, me and Snackery, the first time he came on with feedback was about my Brindle Room take. This time, I'm, I'm all on board for his take. I'm not too into it. This is what he says about your number one landmark, the Sagrada Familia. Yeah. He says, catching up on episode 47, the Sagrada Familia is an absolute masterpiece, and you're a Philistine if you think otherwise. Philistine. Philistine Jackson. Yeah. The bit isn't that it's not finished. The bit is that it was designed over several generations. Traditionally, the whole thing is planned at the outset and then is built accordingly over however many years. This is a building that organically grew and evolved as it was constructed using techniques and technology toward the end of construction that would not have been available at the beginning. It is a true miracle in stone, a document of the progression of human knowledge. Well said. Articulate. Just, I couldn't have said it better myself. A miracle in stone. I mean, that's just... I, I saw your response to him that you vehemently disagreed. Do you have anything to add? Yeah, it's a cop out. It's cop a, out. It's it's cop it's, it's crowdsourced. It's like some guy didn't finish it, so he's like, ah, this person will just do it. It's like if we didn't re- finish recording this episode, and then someone else decided to start recording it, and then the next person, and then it was an episode of Braze Bits. But like, is it an episode of Braze Bits? Yeah, I'll be honest. I didn't know specifics of like why it's still being worked on, or but. I, I'm, it was my number one because of the way it made me feel when I looked at it and the vibe of it. It was just, it's an incredible, it's, it's a miracle, as he said. And I, it's just, it's a beautiful structure. You know what, the way it made me feel? How? Looks like it'll be cool, but when it's done, I'll come back and I'll evaluate it. Yeah. It's masterpieces aren't always done. Bits, jokes, I think are always being worked Masterpieces on. aren't always done because they're not masterpieces. Masterpiece in, uh, implies a finished body of work. It could be a work in progress. My my stand up set bits, I would say are a masterpiece. So they're still being worked. Brett Rabel is a good example. Would he have come on the pod if he was still working on his bits? I 
that's the whole point of a of a special. Right. It's like I'm presenting my finished church to the world. I don't know. I've, it's an, I've, it's I've a, heard it, many people that they keep working on their bits, even a, if they put in a special. It's an uncooked bit. You do it. You give an uncooked bits to your diners, then you know they're gonna get food poisoning. All I know is when you come to thank God it's Saturday morning. You're Sagrada Familia. <laughs> All right, let's go into our, is that a QAB? Let's do it. I'll lead off. Sure. Mine is a, a kind of a personal faux pas of sorts. I was hanging out with our pod guest that we just had, Brett Rabel, the other day. I've been doing, I don't really have many friends, but the friends that I have seen a lot of, like during this COVID time, I basically just like will walk around a neighborhood in the city. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's what it's been. So walk and talk, walk and talk, which I had done a little bit before COVID. And now I'm just going to do it forever because it's, you know, you don't have to spend. I mean, you know, if you want to eat, then it's great. But if you don't want to eat, then you don't have to spend money and you get to enjoy the great outdoors and enjoy the city. It's a good time. Get some walking in. Christopher. Christopher. So we were, we met in Williamsburg and we walked around and this was early in the morning, actually. It was like. We met up at like 9.45 in the morning. Then we were walking around. I keep burping. You know, I have to edit that out. Uh, we, so we're walking around. And I see this gigantic line for something. And every time I see a line in New York City, I'm just like, these sheep waiting for a cupcake. Just like, you know, get over yourself. It's not that good to wait in two hours or, you know, what you're just mm-hmm. wasting your life wanting something that everyone else wants because it's on Instagram. It drives me nuts. I have a feeling I think I know where this is going. Then I walk. I'm not going to spurt it. Then I walk further and I see another line. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. And then I think there was a third one at some point. And I'm just like, this is nuts. All these people waiting online. There's a Levain bakery like nearby. So it's like all these, and it's a popular bakery. I was like, oh, are these people waiting online to get Levain? Like, this is ridiculous. I tell Brad, I'm like, this is going to be my QAB for next week. Then, like I think, I, I I go home and it hits me, and I'm like, oh, all these people are waiting in line for COVID tests. Right. That's what I <laughs> these hacks. I was basically like saying, I was like walking near the line, and I was like kind of saying this, probably not loud enough for people to hear, but not. I wasn't right. keeping my voice down at also. These sheep. Yeah, that's these sheep getting COVID tests. <laughs> So now I just get feel bad. get your own personality. Yeah, get your own personality. Get it. Go to <laughs> go to the COVID test place that nobody's going to. Well, Chef, it's funny you bring that up. I, I got tested today. If anyone needs a, a place with a shorter line, I got tested at Terminal B at LaGuardia. Really? I was in and out in twenty minutes. That's good because most people are going to Terminal A. Exactly. Go to Terminal B. Very you'll, easy. Very. I think it's very. Uh, not many people know about it. You'll you'll Terminal B in and out. Burger. Hopefully, though, your diagnosis isn't terminal. No, can't be and won't be. That's a funny one. That'd be a funny video also of you just like making fun of these oh, look at these hipsters online. Yeah, that's what I was doing. That's funny. Um, my Q- is that a QAB is like a simple one that I've noticed today while I was listening to a podcast. And a lot of people do it, especially on like TV, like uh, in like just like, interviews and podcasters. It's when people say before they start talking, when they say listen, when it's before they make a point, 
been having a conversation. They're like, listen, I, I got, I got, I got to tell you this. I don't know why it just really rubs me the wrong way. It's like, we're having a conversation. You don't need to tell me to listen. I feel like when someone, people, people do that sometimes to like get a word in if they have to like talk over somebody, but it just, it's it just, it grinds my gears when you tell me to listen when I'm already listening. It makes me not want to listen if you're telling me to listen. Joe, listen. I listen to your podcast, but it's 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 just one of those things. All right, so focus your eyes and ears on me. <laughs> and That's this better. Is, and this I like is, that better. This is what I have to say. I think that it it's a it's like a power conversation technique exactly. that is annoying and easy to see through. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's it's it's, it's like trying to shut down somebody else and say that uh, listen, I got something important here. You're going to you're going to want this and you're going to need it. But you have to you almost have to plead them to get them to listen, which means that if you were really like the alpha male that you poor portend to be, you wouldn't need to be saying listen. Right. I just I don't think we, me or you have ever done that on the pod. I just can't imagine ever saying that and like what context it would be like unless I was angry and being like listen to me. <laughs> Or if there's like a weird noise and you're like, listen to that. Listen. The millionaire next door. Yeah. Could you hear it? No. But yeah, that was it. There are things on the pod that I say that I, when I listen back, I say, I don't need to, I, I sometimes dress up what I'm going to say. And when I listen back, I say, just get to the fucking point, dude. Yeah. Same here. Absolutely. I, I cringe when I listen back to this, but it's, it's a podcast. It's a, it's a natural conversation. We're not really filtering ourselves. But we're not also demanding. We're not We're not having a power trip back and forth. Just because you have a bad opinion on this crowd of familiar doesn't mean that I'm not going to listen to you. That's true. There are certain podcasts that are really interesting because they're a conversation, but you have to figure out how to have it in a way that's natural, but in a way that is a little unnatural in right. certain ways. You don't want to hesitate. You want to be more clear and direct in your thoughts. It makes you a better conversationalist. Definitely. Not me, but everyone else. <laughs> even, even especially doing it online. But I think one-on-one's a little bit easier. You ever listen to Robert Kelly's podcast, YKWD? I only listen to when Joe Russell is on and does his jokes. Joe Russell has great jokes on it. But when they did it in person, it would be like five people. It would be like a comedy hang, but everyone was trying to fight to get away. Yeah, I did listen. Yeah. That is difficult. I mean, that almost is what it feels like. That's why one of the reasons we haven't had guests virtually is because even with Brett, who is great, it's like you are it's hard to get momentum going. It's hard to get momentum. It's hard to establish the chemistry in the room because it's 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 a virtual kitchen. Right. Right. But the vaccine's coming, so uh, twenty twenty three we'll be back in person. Exactly. Can't wait for it. Yeah. That's all I got. That's all I got. Want to bring in the closer? Let's do it. You want, want to bring them in? We'll say that if you do subscribe to our Patreon, we both do it at the same time. <laughs> that's, a, that's a reason. That is worth, absolutely worth That's subscribing That's for. worth $3 a month. 100%. A one. A two. Who's doing it? You're doing it. Okay. A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. Fantastic. That was soothing. 
I enjoyed that one. Thank you. Uh, just uh, all we got to say for plugs is subscribe to our Patreon. We got some great stuff. We got a bonus episode. We got an off-menu episode. We got more coming. And you guys, people, people Razorbacks will love it. And we would appreciate all the support. Yeah, subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash praisebits. If you like the pod, leave a review. It really helps. Just go to Apple Podcasts, click five stars or not five stars. You could leave a like a typing review, which we'd super appreciate, but you don't have to. I know there's a lot of pressure. I actually left a review for uh, our friend Nick Alex, who was once a guest host on BraceBits. He started a podcast. It's just him, 15 minutes. It's actually, I think it's it's very funny. It's, nice. He thinks in a very interesting way. Um, Just him ranting. Yeah, nice. fifteen minutes. It's a good. It's good. It's it's a well done thing. But I I wrote a review, and I realized like there is a lot of pressure in writing a review for the pot a podcast. Definitely. And I wrote the review, and I'm like, this seems ridiculous, but whatever. I wrote it. I know it it helps. Yeah, it's, but it had good intentions. I get the I get the what I'm saying is I get that listen. What I'm saying is... <laughs> <laughs> Listen here, tough guy. I get that it could be stressful trying to write something that's funny. So you don't have to just put the five stars or two stars, whatever, however many stars, City of Dallas Stars. Dallas Stars, Mike Madonna. And that's it, I guess. Yeah. We we like doing the pod and it's a good pod. Better than most, pod. Better than most pods out there. TBH. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening. Sorry we didn't talk enough. We didn't talk that much about our Patreon on this episode because I think we had Brett on in the beginning. So next time we'll talk more about it because I know Absolutely. people come to listen to the pod. Right. To talk about what's going on in the pod. It's like listen Patreon. to Patreon, subscribe to the YouTube. Uh, that's about it. Pretty much. All right. I uh, hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving, and we'll see you when we see you. Happy Black Friday. Yeah, get those Small to Business Saturday. Small B SBS. Check out uh, all those small businesses in your area. Small Braised Bits business. That's right. Peace. Peace.